Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome to the Oz Network for our special holiday Christmas. Uh, well, I said holiday because it's really just a Christmas episode. But our Christmas uh, episodes of our home improvement. I don't know what I'm saying. We're here to talk about home improvement. <laughs> I still won't do that. <laughs> we're here. We're talking about season six, right? Season six, episode yeah, season twelve. Six, episode twelve. What was it called? No place like home. No, wait, what? No place oh. like home. Just kidding. I... <laughs> <laughs> this is that Had one you... where Brad works in a, a sporting goods store, right? <laughs> in my head, I was like, "Oh, it's Twas the Flight Before Christmas." I was like, wait, what? That's not right. Um, but we're here to talk about season season six Christmas episode. If it's really Christmas episode, we'll determine that as we get through. Um, I'm Rossi, and I am also looking for motion lotion and a pickle park. Oh, and somehow you managed to take mine. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and my name is Colin, and I need a road pizza and the granny. Yeah, you must read Big Rig Digest. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Subscription. Um, yeah, I. This was a. Uh, you pre-warned me last episode. Or I forget last year, this ep- last episode of like, there's an episode coming up. It's not very Christmassy. Uh, I think you said it was this episode. Yeah. And yeah, there's really no Christmas in this episode <laughs> whatsoever. They mention it, like obviously, you know, but we like show, don't tell, you know. And they have a Christmas dinner on the floor of pizza. <laughs> and that, that's about it. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> over. On the whole, I thought this was a, a good episode. Um, uh, did you have any fond memories of it? I can't remember if you said anything. Yeah, you know, this episode, it's its actually one of my favorites of season six. I would say season six is where the show started to dip a little bit. It still had some of the best stuff in there. And I think this is one of the better ones in season six. But to me, the funny thing about this is that it, it is very much not really a Christmas. I mean, it is it's still probably more Christmassy than what most sitcoms were doing. I mean, I don't know if we even talked about this last year, but most sitcoms are like the 70s, 80s, even the 90s they would do a Christmas episode. If a show was on the air for seven, eight years, they do maybe two Christmas episodes in those seven, eight years. Home Improvement might've been like one of the first ones that said, we're doing a Christmas episode every year. And this is still probably more Christmassy than what most shows were putting out in 1996. But the funny thing for me is that I always, when I think about the Christmas episodes, I always remember this one more than I remember next seasons, which will be next week's episode, uh, which is definitely all about Christmas. It's just for whatever reason, that one, it always slips my mind that it exists, but uh, there's still enough Christmas in here. I mean, the, the, the kids are on Christmas break and they'd rather not be moving grandma. <laughs> That's Christmassy, right? I mean, it's sort of a weird thing where I'm like, this is sort of like the 
um, scenes that take place before the Christmas episode that like they wouldn't put in the episode. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like this is sort of the stuff that they're like, oh my God, that was so annoying when we had to move mom out of the house on Christmas Eve or whatever. And then they're like, the episode is Christmas day and they're all around the table and something goes crazy. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Like this is almost like the prequel to the Christmas episode. Um, well, and I also mentioned this, I think last year, like Home Improvement would occasionally do a pre-Christmas episode too. I think one, one of the more famous ones is one where uh, Jill's decorating for um, like building sets and painting for a Christmas pageant. And she leaves Tim's hot rod outside and the thing basically gets covered in snow. Like that probably has just as much Christmas as this one. But yeah, this is like the pre, it's like the week before the Christmas episode or kind of like you said, I didn't even think about that. It's like, you could have that same opening scene. Oh, we got to move grandma. And then you come back after the opening credits and you're like, well, glad we got that move done. Grandma, I'm glad you're here for Christmas dinner. I mean, obviously losing all the um, like sentimentality of, you know, growing up and all that, like what they're hitting at. But like most of the scenes were really nothing special. Like most of the conversations were like, I mean, the conversations were like deep for home improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, it was really like kind of an unnecessary way to squeeze Christmas into the episode. They, they, they ran out of ideas. For this <laughs> yeah. Christmas episode. They, they had no budget for Tim's lights this year. That was the problem. Yeah, I, I know I complained about that last time, but I was like, where are the lights? I mean, they, they landed a plane last week. So, <laughs> I mean, you don't have much money left after you land an airplane. Uh, and that airplane costs money. We could tell by that set, right? But um, I, I think with this episode, it's still very memorable, even outside of just, you know, barely taking place around Christmas, because it introduces a lot of things that, that are important for the show. Like, for one, you get more backstory on Tim. There's definitely plot holes that I'm going to pick up on on this that, that contradict other episodes we've even watched last year. Uh, we get introduced to his brother, Jeff, for the first time. Uh, I think Jeff's been mentioned up until this point, but this is his first time actually appearing on the show, and he's going to be pretty frequent guest star going forward. And then obviously Tim's mom's going to be appearing a little bit more after this in the, the, the last couple seasons, since the whole point of this is her moving closer to him, which uh, can I just get my plot hole out of the way now? Yeah, do it. So they're driving up Saturday morning. He says, we're leaving at 5.00 AM. We're going to be there for eight o'clock. Um, I'm assuming this is still probably the amount of time it takes to drive through Michigan, which is where he is, but it was, the episode, the, the the Leon episode, the Brad goes skiing episode that we both love so much, where Tim is saying, you know, hey, we don't know how many more Christmases we're going to have together. You're look at your mom's families in Texas and mine's in Colorado. And they had, even outside of that episode, they've established multiple times that Tim grew up in Colorado. And yet we're seeing his home here, which I mean, he must really have been speeding like Marty was saying this. He, he didn't know a big truck can move that fast because he apparently got from Michigan to Colorado in three hours. And listening to the other one, because I wanted to get our rankings, I said I was going to do that, and I did. Um, you did your homework. So much that I, um, I forget, like, because I don't, like, I don't know it as well as you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I, like, jump into these Christmas episodes, I'm like, oh, like, I didn't even remember that we met their bro- one of the brothers in the one of the last Christmas episodes. Yeah, the other one in this one, Marty. Yeah. Who's, yeah, like who? the twins. And I was like, I didn't remember he had twins, like, all oh, this stuff. Wait till we get to the twins in one of the upcoming episodes. Ugh. Just prepare yourself. But I just forget so much about it. So it's just like, I kind of met them for the first time this episode because <laughs> I just forgotten so much. It's been a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into the um, episode like little beat by beat here because I have like a moment that I'm like, I vividly remember this scene from this episode, which is, um, which when it came up, I was like, oh my God. So we'll get to that. As expected, Home Improvement starts with the tool time segment. 
Um, this one was kind of boring. Like there was nothing really like the phone call thing was special, but there was Al was barely in it. Tim was mm-hmm. barely like it was just mostly the mother. But um, they're talking about sweeping the chimney. Al's doing some tricks with his hat. Uh, then the phone rings and he's like, who was supposed to disconnect the phone? Um, and he says, like, uh, do they not know we're doing a live show here? Um, which makes zero sense to me. There is no way in any world, any reality where tool time is a live show. Yeah. <laughs> there is no reality where it's a live show. And the fact that he's like, this is live. And the, the grandmother's com- or the mother, you know, grandma is commenting on it. It's just like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but she calls and, and, and JTT, the very little that we get of him this episode, he's on the phone. It's like, uh, are we going down Saturday or Sunday? Uh, and, and what time in the back, like the whole back and forth was great. Should she make breakfast? Um, and like your flies down and all that. Like, it was just a great back and forth. I think that was the only thing that really saved the beginning of this episode. Otherwise it was kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they, they are like, the, the, the plot of the episode is that they're going to move the mother closer. I don't know if they say exactly where she's going to move, but she's going to be closer to them, um, in whatever state they're living in and whatever <laughs> state she's coming from. Uh, but they're moving and then the brothers are coming and uh, this is, I don't know if this is reoccurring, but Wilson even mentions it like, oh, your brother, the one who's like uh, parsimonious or whatever. Per, per, wait, I, I tried to write it down and I was still but Parsino, Parsononius? Parsononius? I don't, I've never heard it. Yeah. <laughs> but how great is Tim's reply? It's like, no, he's Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either, no, he's Presbyterian or, no, he's a pescatarian or vegetarian yeah. or something. <laughs> Um, but essentially Wilson saying that he's a frugal person. He lives by very uh, restrictive means and, and whatever. Um, and this gets Wilson in the mood. He's talking about his childhood, you know, seeing the, I, I didn't write any of this down, but like the, the, the baby zebra next to the, the, the birthing elephant and, and all this stuff. He's like, you lived in Africa? No, uh, Chicago live next to the zoo and like like Wilson like the guy plays Wilson Earl Heinemann he doesn't even miss a beat I think that's what's so funny about it he doesn't even miss a beat it's basically you grew up in Africa he's just like Chicago like he didn't even pause for a second <laughs> it's like, yeah, like we live in no, an apartment like, overlooking the zoo <laughs> no stunned face of like what do you mean? <laughs> like it's just like yeah Chicago duh um yeah that's a great he, he's always such a good one to uh like come back to where it's just like well, obviously, this is so obvious. <laughs> I, I, the genius man, can tell you. Uh, but so eventually they get, uh, like, they're getting to the truck. Um, and Tim said he has something he's always wanted to do. And, and Wilson's like, what? Live close, spend more time with your mother? He's like, no, drive a big truck. <laughs> uh, which I, I, I like that line. Um, and then they're in the truck. Jill talks about her childhood of moving eight times, which just becomes like, comes like a quick joke of like, Tim's like, yeah, eight times. He's so over it. And then the, later the mother's like, yeah, we know you told us. Um, and then this is probably the best we talked about. This is the best line, like sequence of lines in, yeah. in, in the whole episode of like the road pizza and the granny. I read big like, digest and the motion lotion at pickle park. Um, there's a gas station ahead of you. I'll have to get back on the hookers. Um, <laughs> just a great sequence and at first you're like he's like definitely an idiot here he doesn't know what he's talking about but then he does and they're like no no you actually are an idiot because you don't know what you're talking about it's just a great um exchange of sequence like exchange of lines and dialogue here and I, I that was probably my 
the highlight of the episode because after it's a little bit of a downer um, here on in. Uh, but I thought this is a great start. I enjoyed this much more than uh, last episode that we talked about. Yeah, I'll agree with you on the the pre-title scene. Um, and I really can't put my finger on it. Like, there's nothing about it that's bad. Maybe it's just that it's too brief. Like, you have this setup about the chimney. And I, I know pre-title scenes, you usually don't want to run too long on these. But I feel like this is like less than 60 seconds. And yet they cram so much in here. Maybe it's also like we talked about last week, how the, uh, the tool time segment that opened the episode, it laid the groundwork for what would happen later in the episode with like the electrical suit and then the, the light and even the line about landing an airplane. We kind of have all the same stuff here, but it, I, I don't know if this should be one scene. And, and I, I think also you said that it's a live television show, which it's very dark out too, for a live television show. Like I, I think they establish on home improvement that like tool time airs, probably late afternoon it's like a you know four o'clock 4 30 show or something like that but i mean they, it, now it's airing like nine o'clock at night now they've moved into prime time apparently um but it's still well, it that, makes that... less sense if oh, a 4 p.m live show what? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that we got to do this one live um people need to know about the chimney i i do have a quick chimney story here i don't know have you ever had a chimney in any house you've lived in uh yeah, but I don't think it was ever used. Like, I think it was like one of those things you just like put a little thing in front of it. It's like, yeah, yeah it looks nice, but we don't actually use it. Yeah. Well, when um, we lived in the metropolis of LaSalle, Manitoba, uh, until I was about, well, from when I was about four until I was eight, uh, we had a chimney in that house. It was a working fireplace and everything. But uh, I, I, there, there's obviously a part where you have to close it. And my dad was notorious for forgetting to close this thing. And every once in a while, we would come home and there would be a bird loose in our house because a bird flew down the chimney and into the house. And I still, I vividly remember one time where basically we're trying to get this bird out of the house. My dad was like, okay, we're going to block all the windows. Like I want all of you, me, my brother, my sister, my mom standing in front of all the windows as things like fluttering around our living room. And he's basically got a broom and he's just, he's not trying to hit it, but he's trying to shoo the thing out the front door. So he takes this broom and he tries to shoo it out the front door. The bird immediately spins around and flies around. I swear, it must have been flying like the speed of light <laughs> towards me. <laughs> and I could still visualize my life flashing before my eyes as this giant bird is flying directly at my face. And I literally just drop and hit the ground. Like as if somebody's a drop and give you 50. And this bird bangs right into the window that was right behind me, exactly where my face would have been, and just collapses on the floor. I'm like, had I not ducked just in time, I probably would have been dismembered by a bird or something like that but yeah that that's basically all they're talking about this there's the one i i guess funny line where um he's talking about uh or talking to his mom and says like uh oh i guess now you're gonna tell me there's a hippopotamus on the roof and al's like tim tim he goes actually there is a hippopotamus on the roof uh that was kind of funny but there's there is something about this scene that doesn't quite work as well as i think it should or they intended it to uh but all the other stuff like the before they arrive at the house i mean i love the stuff of the house too but this stuff on the way to the house is just fantastic. Like the scene with Wilson, the par parsimonious, uh, which, yeah, I looked up unwilling to spend money or use resources, stingy or frugal. Um, using a sentence, even the parsimonious Joe paid for drinks all around. Uh, but uh, that that Presbyterian line was hilarious. The, the, the Chicago line, like you mentioned as well. Um, the, the drive out there too, like Marty, who's shuttling the kids and just suddenly gets very sad about his life. Um, I, I'm starting to identify more and more with Marty now that I have twins. Cause, uh, you know, we, 
it, we're introduced to him in the season four episode where him, that was the first episode he was in. And he's probably of all the guest stars on home improvement. He's probably the one who appears most frequently throughout the course of the show. But uh, now we're what, two, three years later. And he's like, Oh, come on. What would you guys be doing if uh, you weren't helping your grandma move on your Christmas break? And they're like going to parties, seeing my girlfriend, seeing all the new movies. And he's like, anyone who want to trade lives? <laughs> like that's the way I feel. 24 seven. So, uh, Rossi, please help me. Um, I'm sad and I've got twins. Um, I, I also, I, this is a weird thing for me. Whenever there's mentions of like, Oh, do you want to go see a movie and mo movies or TV shows? I'm always thinking like, what movies would they be seeing? And I, I did look up cause I'm like, I'm curious what movies would these kids be seeing on their Christmas break? So this same weekend, the weekend before Christmas, uh, 1996, they could be seeing uh, jingle all the way in its fifth weekend. Mars Attack in its second weekend, The Preacher's Wife with Whitney Houston in its second weekend, 101 Dalmatians in its fourth weekend, Jerry Maguire in its second, or one of the three big new releases that came out that week, which is what I'm guessing they're going to see, One Fine Day with George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer, Scream, or Beavis and Butthead Do America. So uh, which one of those do you think the kids are going to see in this one? I'm, I'm voting Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Or a question or one fine day. I mean, <laughs> it might be Michelle Pfeiffer, George Clooney, rom-com fans. Who knows? Have you ever seen one fine day? No, it is a surprisingly good movie. <laughs> and that's speaking as somebody who was of this age range when this movie came out and I saw one fine day. I didn't go to see it on my Christmas break, but saw it when my mom rented on video. I'm like, that's a darn good movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to realistically, I'm seeing the scene Beavis and Butthead do America, but maybe they're seeing one fine day. Um, yeah, the, the the Big Rig Digest stuff, like this is the highlight of the episode. Uh, and it's, again, the, the, just those pauses where he says, uh, I need a motion lotion and a pickle park. And the guy's like, oh, there's a restaurant coming up. And then he pauses, he looks at Jill like, see, told you. And then he goes, have to get back here on the hooker. <laughs> it's just that, that double take, just the audience just like in tears. You could just hear it. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, the, the episode, I, I wouldn't say it goes downhill from here. I think some of the stuff in the house, especially just for like backstories of characters and getting a little bit more character development. And it, some of the lines coming up are hilarious. But th these first couple scenes, you know, the, the the meeting with Wilson and then the drive up there are definitely the highlights. Yeah, this is kind of sad because like the rest of the episode like isn't bad and it's right. It's just that it's kind of a downer. Um which is what I complained about when the parents came, like, cause the father was kind of a downer yeah. in that episode. Um, and this is kind of a downer. Like I get that it's like, you know, Christmas time, you're with your family and like, there's all of these emotions and all that stuff. Like, but it's just kind of sad. So like he's losing the home. He's like, oh, they all grew up in all the memory. It's just like, okay, but like, where's the joy of Christmas time? Like, that's what we said about, um, that's why like some of our negative points of that charity steal, like yeah. who wants to watch this? This isn't fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I get that like, you know, you can tackle serious issues, but like, you know, for like the specialty episodes, you like want a little bit more lightheartedness. And, and uh, I think part of the other problem with this is that the resolution in the end is that he does lose his childhood home, you know? Uh, and, and like the, the charity theft thing, it's, it's similar. It's like, well, regardless of whether you return the money, you still stole from a charity. But I mean, we covered when we did Jonathan Taylor Thomas month uh, a few years ago, we covered the episode where Randy thought he had cancer, which was even heavier subject matter than this. But I think the fact that that turns out with a happy ending might be different because this it's still like, oh, there's a resolution, but it's not necessarily the resolution that I think the audience or Tim wants. It's nothing like major. It's like, OK, like it, I've got to move on. Like, and that's about it. <laughs> like, yeah. 
like a few conversations, like the one conversation with his mother at the end is really what resolved his like mm-hmm. doubts where she's like, I, you think I'm not upset about leaving, but like, so like it kind of resolves really quickly and there's no real lead up to it. Like doesn't escalate as well. I think as like the people show up from next door, but like, and they're like, we're going to put this in da, da, da. And he's like, are you kidding me? And then like, that's really like the most explosive like upgrade of the, like the tension in the whole episode. So yeah, they don't like do as much building as like some of the other episodes that try to do serious stuff. Uh, but once they arrive to the house, um, they notice that all the boxes are marked fragile. And, and Tim's like, why are they marked all fragile? She's like, I don't know which ones you'll be touching, <laughs> uh, which I appreciated. And they were literally mostly all marked fragile is like a nice, like actually detail to like include for the, you know, set design. Uh, then we meet the other brother. Uh, they kind of have a back and forth. I didn't write it down, but like, um, he's like, uh, who said he said he's taller than his hair at some <laughs> yeah, point. That's a great line. Um, and they sort of have back and forth. I, I, I really didn't catch some of it. Maybe you'll, you'll, you'll illuminate on it, but uh, then the other brother, there's just like kind of a milling around this like entry space. They're moving a table later on and Brad and Tim are moving a table and then he just lets go. Um, and then Brad's struggling. And then JTT is like, come on, do it yourself. Come on, <laughs> like lift with your knees or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're like reminiscing about the house and the plans that he wanted to do in the mantle. Um, I forget what joke they landed on. Cause they had two jokes, one in the scene and one in the blooper or whatever. Um, so there was some joke about Tim lighting something on fire. Um, the banister where they slid down all this kind of like these memories. Um, and then Tim's like, actually, I don't want to Like I have too many fond memories of his father who's gone. And it's just like, kind of getting depressing but not like super bad not like cancer level but it's still kind of sad um and then he like wants to like sell the house like he's going up to to jill and he's like you know you wanted a romantic place to get away how about we buy this place um first off it was already sold i don't know how he's going to get out of that. yeah <laughs> um and the other thing is jill's like you want to have a romantic weekend and sleep in your mother's bedroom and his response is, well, she's not going to be sleeping there. She's not going to be there. <laughs> um, it was just, it was just a little rough to see like him sort of spiraling about losing this house. Cause this is really, the, I'm, I mean, maybe you can illuminate like one of my only memories of him, like really like not having a, like having such an emotional episode. Yeah. Um, like I can't think of anything, but I'm not a historian here, so I don't know, but I'll leave that to you. Um, but yeah, so this like kind of big chunk of stuff in the house, but they're just milling around the space. There is one episode that comes to mind. Uh, it was pro- one of the earlier seasons, and it was probably the episode where people started taking Tim Allen seriously as an actor and not just a stand-up comedian that got his own sitcom. It also revolved around his dad. I feel like that that's one of the common things in these is whenever it's talking about you know, his dad uh, dying or whatever. Cause the other one I'm thinking about is he, he kept putting off getting like a physical and making a will. He needed to make a will and he didn't want to do it. And in the end, he basically has not really a full breakdown, but has a bit of a very quiet breakdown saying like, you know, uh, I'm very similar to my dad. We both had the same car work in the garage. We both had all boys. You know, if I make this will and it, it, he's the same age as me, then maybe I'm going to die. Um, so I think it's just a common thing with uh, dealing with like his backstory because we don't really get that much out of him. Um, the actor that plays Jeff, Tom Sharp. So he's act- primarily a stand-up comedian. 
Um, looking through his IMDb, he, I, I thought he was in more than this, but he did six episodes of Home Improvement. But then again, I mean, this is halfway through season six and it's his first appearance. So in two and a half seasons, six episodes, that's still fairly frequent. Um, but he really didn't do a lot of acting. I guess he's primarily just stand-up comedy. I love on IMDb though, that they describe him as like actor and comedian Tom Shark is from Dearborn, a suburb of Detroit, Michigan. He is well known for his voiceover work and as in quotes, that bald guy in the ad for dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Don't even finish it up. Everybody just knows the bald guy. I also remember seeing uh, Goodyear had a bunch of commercials with him. And the reason I remember that is because um, he was like the Goodyear spokesman. And there was one commercial where he's on an airplane and he's basically dressed like he's about to go to Hawaii. And then the punchline of the commercial is he finds out the plane's not going to Hawaii. And he asks the person next to him, it's like, so where are we going? And the person says, Winnipeg. He goes, oh, great. I'm going to Winnipeg. <laughs> like all excited. Uh, one of the frequent jokes along with some of the Simpsons frequently does just making fun of Winnipeg uh, is the butt of people's jokes, which people from Winnipeg appreciate. Um, but uh, there's, there's still a lot of great stuff when he arrives at the house here. Like you mentioned the, the fragile boxes, my favorite, and this might be, the only thing that rivals the motion lotion uh, exchange dialogue is where him and Brad are carrying the table. And uh, I, can't, I think it's Jeff or Marty. One of his brothers comes across the blueprints and Tim just drops his end of the table. And Brad's sitting there fumbling with this giant table like, dad, dad. And Tim just looks at him and goes, careful that that's an antique. <laughs> he just gets angry at him. And then we get like a nice Jonathan Taylor Thomas line too. And he's like, Randy, help me. And he's like, lift with your legs. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, we talked about the new couple coming to, uh, take the measurements on the house yet. I didn't, but I also don't know where they came, came in. Okay. I think I missed well, talking about them, but just, yeah, they came in just before we get to that. One of the lines that, uh, was great, um, that, uh, uh, was in this scene where they're talking about, oh, all the memories we had in this house where they're talking about sliding down the banister. And then they said, uh, yeah, I remember only one of us was dumb enough to go facing forward. And Tim goes, hey, and mom was wrong. I was still able to have children. <laughs> like a, One of those jokes that I know it's coming. I pretty much have the episode memorized and it still cracks me up every time. Yeah, I'll he be, says uh, he was the only one to have kids and, or something. Or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, and, and the other brother's like, yeah, but look at them. Yeah, look at them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the one thing I want to mention with this, this couple who bought the house coming to take the um, uh, measurements and everything. I mean, obviously the whole point of that scene is they're saying, we're going to rip this out. Uh, what is it? They say they're going to do a wrought iron staircase and Florida ceiling mirrors. Tim has that line where he says, uh, oh yeah, that's a handsome look. And he says, throw in a, a fake fern, a bellhop, and you'll have yourself a hotel lobby. Uh, he's basically driving them away. But uh, uh, I, did you recognize the 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 wife? No, don't even. <laughs> You didn't? Okay, because she's actually, she's not one of these actors that you're going to mention the name and people go, oh, and I, I know who she is, but I, I'm, I I wouldn't have known who she was at the time this episode aired. But uh, when this time I'm like, I, I recognize her. Like she looks familiar for something, but uh, her name is Leslie Bibb. She's actually a fairly famous actress now or quite successful. She was in two of the Iron Man movies. So she's a Marvel actress now. Um, Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler. Uh, but I'm mean, not just, oh, she has a guest spot, but, you know, kind of a main uh, star in a lot of these movies and uh, did a TV series called American Housewife, which I remember Jamie watching. Um, apparently she reprised her role in Marvel's What If? So she's done three Marvel movies and TV shows so far, but uh, I guess future star. And we're about to get introduced to another, I wouldn't call him future star, but another person who's kind of become a little bit more famous since this movie when we get to Tim's dad. I was trying to find if I see her. She's only been in like one thing that I know, but I don't even remember her. You haven't seen the and Iron then... Man movies? 
Yeah, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, in all fairness, she was in the Iron Man 2 and 3, which I'd like to forget. It says here 1. Uh, was she in Iron Man 1? Okay, well, no, she was in two movies. So was she in Iron Man 1 and 2 then? Yeah, 1 and 2, that's what it was. Yeah, but I don't remember. That was so long ago, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would not have recognized her. You asked, you said the, the, the actor from last season, oh. or the last season episode was <laughs> someone I'd recognize, and I did. Apparently, she's married to Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I don't know if you know who Sam Rockwell is. He's amazing. He's an Oscar winner. The name sounds familiar, but I have no idea. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, we'll do Sam Rockwell month. We, ben and I actually probably have talked about doing Sam Rockwell month. All right. So moving on. One of the last scenes of the movie is like this childhood memory. Uh, first up, Tim and his mother have a heart to heart about the house and like she shares her feelings. This is really what Tim allows him to come to his senses and everything about like just finally, you know, moving on. And, you know, Jill said something earlier about like, you know, the memories are come with you, not the house. Like, it's not just the house. You remember him and your, your memories and your happiness and all that kind of stuff. And that's sort of repeated by the mother. And then this heart to heart, they said, let's just have um, like dinner on the floor and make it a Christmas, like one last celebration, which I thought was like a nice thing to have. And I was like, please, thank you. Christmas relevancy. <laughs> and there is um, a tree. They made sure not to pack the tree. Yeah. Uh, but we get one of the, like, the scene that I remembered so vividly of, like, him and his father when they were younger. Yeah. And I always remember the, like, the line of, like, you measure twice, cut once. <laughs> uh, after he rolls out the carpet and it doesn't reach the bottom of the stairs and everything. Like, I just remember that scene so well. Like, and I didn't even know it was this episode. Um, I was thinking about this, like, last episode. I just, just like, remember the scene. Uh, and so it was cool to finally see it in that actual episode of context. So. Yeah, it was, it's such a good scene. And it really like gives at least some reference to who this father was to Tim. Um, and then they have dinner on the floor. The only thing that I can think of is the terrible jokes these kids made. Oh, what was it like? Well, some, I, I don't even, I don't write Silent night, cannoli night. Um, I'm <laughs> dreaming of a white clam sauce. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's the last one? Uh, Deck the halls was, with calamari. That's what it was. <laughs> not JTT's best work. No. <laughs> And those sort of ends. Um, then we get bloopers, but I didn't really write anything down about that. But yeah, it ends. It kind of ends in a fizzle, but. Yeah, I almost would have liked a, an extra scene on the end after the dinner thing, although that does kind of bring it around. It's still a Christmas episode with that. Um, the, uh, the, before I get to the, the scene with his father and the, the plot hole that's in that too. Um, th one thing I wanted to mention here is that the scene with the toilet where Jeff's <laughs> trying to bring the toilet out. And uh, they're, they're talking about this. Marty, I think, says, this, this is toilet isn't just, uh, you know, a part of the house. This is an heirloom. And they're going through all the things that happened. They're like, remember that time dad brought back that smoke chub? And they're like, yeah, that was a bad week. <laughs> um, also, the scene when they're in Tim's room and there's the, the picture. I'm guessing it's a real picture of Tim Allen from like the 70s or something. Uh, his hippie phase, his uh, what was the saying was peace, love and Valvoline, too. Uh, I did like the one little thing they threw in there. <coughs> Yeah, at a point. Uh, we're on the eight minute countdown here. Just uh, also um, the the one thing they did with the uh, the airplane, the model airplane that he built. And it says, hey, I won first prize in a hobby fair for that. And then she sees it's glued to the shelf. He goes for the plane or for the shelf. Um, but uh, when uh, he has the dad uh, flashback scene here. So this guy, he's a comedian named Todd Glass, who is absolutely hilarious. Like I would probably rank him maybe top five top 10 stand-up comedians I've ever seen. I've never seen him live, uh, but uh, just seeing him on TV and videos and everything, like he's, he's so funny. Like he is 
this guy is arguably funnier than Tim Allen. I mean, really he doesn't get much. He, he's probably more famous now for a podcast he has. Um, but um, yeah, the, the, the plot hole in the scene is that uh, after he rolls out the carpet, the measure twice cut once and he does little Tim does the grunt. Oh no. Uh, there's an episode, which um, I'm pretty sure it is coming up the following season. So they're going to contradict themselves later uh, where he meets his old shop teacher and he grunts and the shop teacher's like, what was that? Like all shocked. And Tim's like, oh, I guess you don't know what that is. Cause I developed that in college. Obviously it contradicts it here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm calling you out, Tim Allen. You contradicted yourself. Uh, he wasn't supposed to develop the grunt to college. Uh, but the, the line where his dad's like, it's all right, Tim. He goes, tools are meant for everybody. And one day you'll grow up. You'll find something that's better suited for you. And he's just like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, the scene with his mom's a fantastic scene too. Uh, and, and even the scene with the, the dinner conversation where he uh, is talking about, uh, oh, I think this is metaphorically. And then like, well, did you learn a new word? And says, I have a very smart neighbor who teaches me these things, but you get a, ni- a nice little bit of drama from, uh, Tim Allen here. Um, yeah. And obviously they get to take stuff home from the, uh, the, the house and Marty and Jeff are flipping over the toilet, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, and I completely agree with you. The, uh, the, the dreaming of a white clam sauce and everything. That's just horrible, especially it makes it worse that Jeff and Marty are basically saying like, uh, uh, it's like, Hey, they're just like us when we were kids. And Marty's like, yeah, except they're clever. I'm like, no, they're really not. This is not funny. Uh, it's it's, it's, like puns. Like, you know, it's like, you know, like, like there was nothing clever. It was just like, they added, you know, random like dinner food to the, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think it's kind of a corny thing, too. I mean, this is, I guess, home improvement style is every once in a while you throw like corny jokes in there. I mean, that's a lot of Tim stuff on tool time. So it's not totally out of place, but it's I still don't mind it. Um, oh, they also have the part where Jill's talking to him. I can't remember if it was the scene with Jill or the scene with his mom talking about his dad. And uh, they mentioned like he was the one who like my dad was the one who taught me how to use six parts of my body as a musical instrument. They're like seven. <laughs> and then the thing about uh, who was it that taught you? He, he probably also was the one who taught you to shoot peas out of uh, your nose. And he goes, he goes, no, that was mom. Uh, it's, it, it is kind of a downer. I get what you're saying with that. Um, I, I do. I, I don't think I ever feel like I finished this episode. Like, wow, that's a great Christmas episode. Um, it, it still has a conclusion, but it's not necessarily the happiest conclusion. And, you know, we get the little dinner scene in the Christmas tree, which kind of reminds you of Christmas. But uh, um, yeah, we're going to be seeing more of uh, all these characters going forward, though. Tim's mom's going to appear. Uh, Jeff's going to appear. And also, I think I mentioned this in a past uh, episode. Um, the uh, all they keep so much about Tim Allen's real life involved uh, with the character of Tim Taylor, because he also grew up in Colorado, which this episode contradicts. Uh, he also had, uh, what is it, like four or five brothers, just like Tim on the show does. Although um, they use all of his brothers, Tim Allen's real brother's names as the character's brothers. These are the only two brothers we ever see on screen. But the other ones he mentions, like John and Steve, those are like Tim Allen's real brother's name. Marty is the one exception, though. For whatever reason, when they brought in the character of Marty, they decided not to bring in one of the ones that you know Tim Allen had named after his real brother. But Tim Allen's mother's name in real life was Marty. So Marty, the character named after Tim Allen's mom. So let's do a recap of our rankings. Yes. Where we ranked. I said I'd go back and listen. I did. Uh, And I have interesting developments. So... Based on what you said, um, your rankings were sitting at season three, followed by four, followed by five, followed by one, followed by two. Um, And this is what I said last episode, but I already made an adjustment to it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, last last episode I said season three, season one, five, four, two. Um, but I'm changing that around. Um, so I, I rejig things around. So it's it, I'm getting new refined rankings after listening to the episodes a little bit. Um, so I'll go first. Mine. I'll say season three is staying at the top. Uh-huh. I'm actually putting this episode at second. Wow. Nice. Um, and the season five, which I complained about a little bit much last time, is staying at three. Um, but the big switch, I'm putting season one fourth, and I'm dropping down season four. Um, oh, Just because after listening to the recap, I was like, yeah, I did not like it. Um, but season two is still the worst. So that's at the bottom. Okay, so remind me of what mine was again, based on what I said last year. Or was I right when I predicted last week what, what my I rankings think- were? Uh, I wrote them down as like you wrote, you said them and you added, you, you were right. You were, you kept a good track. Of oh, okay. You liked. So okay. you said, so your current rankings are three, four, five, one, two. Okay. So I would, I would, I would keep my top three the same. I would go three, four, five. I would put this one as my fourth and then one and then two, okay. uh, which really two is the only one that I have any major issues with, but when we get to next week, we'll find out uh, if somebody's going to shake that up. Because again, I barely remember the episode, and yet I watch it all the time. I mean, our our bookends are the same. Three is the best, second is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> um, but after that, it's all different. Now, is that, does that mean you're buying this one? I think I am. I like yes. Um, a- after really reaffirming my dislike of season four episode, <laughs> um, yeah, this one is was way better. I am also buying this episode and I don't think that did, did I, you listened to you it. Keep did mentioning I, that you keep for you like, I don't think I didn't buy one. Like, I don't think you bought the, um, I didn't listen to all two. of them, but I don't think you bought that. Second okay. Season one. All right. Well, I am buying this one. Um, and next week we will see if I can remember it. Um, it's, it's going to be all fresh for me. Uh, I guess just tease for next week. The only thing I remember is I'm pretty sure this is one where Jill's mom comes back it's either tim's mom or jill's mom it is jill's mom yeah because they they newsflash for season six or seven uh jill's dad dies uh and then both tim's mom and jill's mom have new guys that are introduced i think in season seven and so i all i can really remember is i think next week or next season slash next week is one where jill's mom has a new guy that she's bringing to Christmas and it doesn't make Jill happy. So it's, it's going to be kind of similar to the season four episode, but just obviously not as memorable, but who knows? It might be amazing. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you'll hate it and I'll love it and continue the tradition of us having different opinions. Uh, what, well, yeah, you just said you'd, you'd buy this and we both would buy this. Um, yeah. So that's it. Um, it is. What do we have to plug? Uh, so where are we right now? Uh, so yesterday we put up our second recap of recaps, um, the Christmas best of recaps from, uh, which ones were they? Um, the, the jingle all the way, which Mark and Brad and Randy were probably seeing this weekend in 1996, um, Santa with muscles, Santa's sleigh and, uh, die hard. And uh, also amazing race finales coming up this weekend, which I may or may not have some type of presence on as I found out during our commercial break. Uh, we gotta get you included tease for that uh as well 24 and uh, ben and i should have a black panther wakanda forever review finally out um maybe even before you hear this episode or maybe just after uh, that's it um thank you colin yeah thank you thank me thanking you thanking me thanking you um and we'll be here for next 
Christmas episode. I, I don't have a line to end off, so you can end the line. Uh, my name is Colin, and I'm a parsimonious Presbyterian. And uh, my name is Rossi, and I too have a nativity scene of radishes. <laughs> Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz Network.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. 